and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. But today we're going to continue this series that we're calling We Are Generous. We Are Generous. And, and that is one of our core values. When you walk in, it's on the white shiplap wall out there. We have all of our core values. And we're talking about we are generous with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Uh, last week, Pastor Chad talked about our time. This week, um, I have the honor of talking about our treasure. Yes, we're going to talk about money today, and it will be good, I promise you. I promise you, you're going to like this, and uh, it's not just a ploy to get you to write a check. I promise you that. I want to, th- I'm going to give you some practical things that you can apply to your life. So I want to read scripture to start off with uh, in Acts chapter 2. This is the first church, okay? This is the first New Testament church. This is after Jesus had, had gone and ascended to heaven. And so let me read this, Acts 2, verse 43 through 47. It says, A deep sense of awe came over them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, and then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper. This is when we, this is our whole idea of they actually met in the temple every day, but they also did, this was, this was the first life groups. They met in homes. They hung out with each other, did life together. They shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, here's what happened because they did this, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't that what it's all about anyway? All right, hey, let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you just be with us, God, as we communicate this message. God, I pray that we would have open heart to receive what you have for us today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine living in the times of the first church? So everything we just read, imagine that not to worry about money because they shared everything they had with each other. They didn't worry about money. They didn't worry about social status. They didn't worry about club soccer. They didn't worry about club basketball or baseball or what's on the news or social media. They didn't didn't worry about any of that stuff. They were concerned with one thing, and that was giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure. That was their passion. That was their whole heart. We talked about time last week. Pastor Chad did an amazing job explaining just how to be generous with our time. And I want you, if you're taking notes, why don't you write this down, because I want to talk about this. Our purchases, because we're talking about money today, our purchases reveal a lot about our priorities. Our purchases reveal a lot about our priorities. Let me say it like this. If you have ever wondered what your priorities are, just print off the last 90 days of your check state of your of your bank statement maybe the last 6 months and that will tell you what you're passionate about print off print off 90 days and get you about 8 or 10 different highlighters 
and just start highlighting categories. What do I spend my money on? That will tell you what you're passionate about. Where you spend your money tells a story about what is important to you. You know, Rochelle and I have a, um, we use an app to do this. How many of you really track your spending? You, you track, track it to the, there's an app called Every Dollar. And this is, this is a, an app that was created by Ramsey Financial Solutions, which is Dave Ramsey. We have all probably heard Dave Ramsey. So there's an app. It's free. There is, a, there is a paid version that gives you some more bells and whistles. But basically, you put in your income. You put in, especially if you bring in the same amount every single month. But you, then you, take the, you, you actually have categories. You have your house payment. You have your insurance. You have utilities. You have dining and entertainment. You have all these different categories. And you basically work backwards and you tell every dollar where to go. Meaning, instead of spending impulsively without knowing, you know, where, where my money's going, I actually am going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to budget X amount of dollars per month toward dining and eating out or whatever that is. And great app. It's called Every Dollar. I highly encourage you to download this app. Some of you may do it in, in a spreadsheet, which is great, or in Sheets, you know, on Google Sheets. That's great, too. Um, this is a really good app. It's called Every Dollar. I'm going to read a scripture to you, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Jesus says, Don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust uh, destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Listen to this. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Here's another way to say this. Your heart always follows your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. When you look at where your money goes, your heart is revealed. If you look at where my money goes on my bank statement, you're going to see that I'm highly passionate about Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. It's the Lord's chicken, y'all. I'm telling you. The spicy chicken sandwich. Oh my goodness. We have a thing going on. It is awesome. No, seriously though, it, your, your heart follows your treasure. And so is it okay if I teach a little bit today? I'm, I'm, Pastor Chad does incredible, I mean, he's so passionate. Pastor Steve, I mean, he preaches with passion. I want to teach you today. I want to teach you some principles here. Whereas we dive into this message, We Are Generous, week two, I want to talk about the believer's relationship with money. I want to talk to you about how we can uh, demonstrate with our treasure that God is our priority. All right? I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 13. I got a lot of scripture for you today. That's why I encourage you to go to version because it's all right there. Um, you can find it all there, but it'll be on the screen as well. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 and 2, it says, Then the Lord says to Moses, Dedicate to me every firstborn among the Israelites, the first offspring to be born of both, here's the deal, humans and animals belong to me. 
If you fast forward to verse 11 through 13, it says, this is what you must do when the Lord fulfills the promise he swore to you and to your ancestors. When he gives you the land where the Canaanites now live, you must present all firstborn sons um, and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they belong to him. A firstborn donkey may be brought uh, back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or a young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. Let me explain this to you. This is the kind of the first point in the notes today. The firstborn must be either sacrificed or redeemed. It's got to be either sacrificed or redeemed. If the animal was considered clean, just the firstborn of that animal was to be sacrificed. You'll see the parallel here with Jesus. Anthony taught a little bit about this when he talked about Passover a few weeks ago. But this was also true of firstborn sons. To redeem their sinful nature, we were all, we were all, all of us have sinned and fallen short. The Bible tells us that. So for the firstborn sons to redeem their sinful nature, a lamb was sacrificed in its place. If an animal was considered unclean, the Bible has a list of that, that, that what they would consider unclean, you wouldn't sacrifice its firstborn. You would either break the neck of the firstborn or you would sacrifice a lamb to redeem the firstborn of the donkey. Are you with me so far? Everybody understand? And the sacrifice of that lamb would make the donkey now clean. In other words, the parallel is that that you and I, since we were born sinners, since we were born unclean, we are the donkeys. And there's another word I could use there, but since we're in church, I'll let that one slide. All right? Don't send me any emails. You wouldn't believe Pastor Jason called me church today. I did not say that. The sacrifice, the sacrifice of the lamb would make the donkey clean. How many of you know we need a spotless lamb to redeem us? Jesus was God's firstborn son, his only son. He was born clean. He was born a pure, spotless lamb. Every one of us was born unclean. Therefore, Jesus was sacrificed to redeem us. When He redeemed us by His sacrifice, He made us right, He made us pure, He made us clean, He made us fit for heaven. Are you with me? But there's a principle that we need to learn when we take of our first and give it to God. You could say it like this, Jesus was God's tithe to us. He was our tithe. He was pure, clean, spotless lamb. And now that word tithe, we're going to get into that in just a second. This word tithe means a tenth. A tenth or the first tenth. I know God can do, I have learned over in my years, not only being in ministry, but being a believer, I have learned that God can do so much more with my 90% than I can do with 100%. No doubt in my mind. I could tell you story after story. <laughs> Brings me to the second point today. The first fruits must be offered. 
the first fruits must be offered. I want to talk about this idea of offering our first fruits to God and what the significance of that is. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. If you look at back at Exodus 23, verse 19, it says, bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. Here's the deal today. God wants our first, not our leftovers. He wants your first he wants your best, not what's left over. Because God did not give us his leftovers. He gave us the very best gift that we could ever receive, and that was the gift of his son to redeem us. Amen? You with me? I want you to know I'm not communicating this message today so that the church can have more money. I'm, I'm telling you this today. It's not, it's not so we can buy nicer lights and bigger screens and, and better office. It has zero to do with that. God will take care of this church whether you tithe or not. Okay? I want you to be blessed. I want you to live under God's blessing. That's the whole idea of why we are generous with our treasure. I'm not going to lie to you. I do, yeah, I, I, I do want your money. I want to reach more people. I want to buy more food for our food pantry. I want to, I want to dig more wells in Africa. I want to do more things. It takes money to reach people. I want to, I want to give food. I want to give all, all, there's so many dreams that uh, Destiny Church has that we would love to be able to do, but it takes funding to do that. So yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, I do, I do want your money. <laughs> let's, go, let's go reach more people, folks. Let's reach more people. Sometimes we can be the hands and feet of Christ just by giving them a meal, just by saying, hey, Jesus loves you. Here's, here's a meal. Here's a bag of groceries. Here's some household items, whatever that is. We want to do more things in Africa. We've got plans. We'd love to do other things. We, we have a connection, as you know, with Convoy of Hope. We have all kinds of things that we would love to do. It takes funding to do that. But even more than that, I want you guys to be blessed. I want you to live in God's blessing. You know, some of us, we trust God with everything but our finances. You know what I mean? I trust God that he's going to keep my kids safe. You know, it's even though my son is, he'll be 18 next week, I still, when he goes out to hunt, I get nervous. I have this nervousness as, as a dad that he needs me to sit by him. He's like, Dad, you can go like a half a mile that way. You know, he, I have this, I want to protect. How many of y'all have that still? Maybe your kids are grown. I have this protection that, that, that I want with my kids. But we trust God to take care of our kids. We trust God to do this. But how many of you really trust God 
with your checkbook. Think about that. How many of you really trust God with your money? When you give of your first fruit, you give of your tithe, God blesses it because of your obedience. And hear me today, blessings don't always come in monetary form. In other words, don't, don't let your motive to give to get. I'm going to give so that God gives me. That's not, how all, that's not how it always works. Sometimes he gives us in different ways in safety and in, 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 in our lives prospering, and it's not always in money. It's not always comes from money. I'll tell you the story real quick of Cain and Abel, just to kind of maybe bring some clarity to this. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil. So he was a farmer, but he was a grain farmer, you could say. Some of the first of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Sounds good. Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel in his offering, but on Cain in his offering, he didn't look with favor. Well, another translation says that he rejected it. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. The reason that God looked with favor on Abel and not Cain, it's not because that Abel brought an animal and Cain brought grain. There's a such thing as a grain offering in the Old Testament. It's because Abel gave his first. He gave his best. He gave his best. He didn't wait until he accumulated a bunch of sheep and then give one of, his, one of them. He gave his first. How many times do we say, I'm going, to give, I'm going to give something, but let me get through the month here. Let me get to the end, and if I have anything left over, God, I'll give it. That's not what God is saying here. God is telling us to give of our first, to give of our best. God rejected Cain's offering, and he accepted Abel, and that's because it was about the order in which it was given. God is always first. I'll give when I got a little left over. Folks, that is not God's way. That is not how the Bible is set. That's not how God tells us to give. And I'm going to bring some clarity to this here at the end, I promise. I promise I want you, you're going to walk away. I see what you're saying now, if you've never heard a teaching like this. Rochelle and I have not always been good at giving of our first, just to be transparent. Rochelle and I learned the principle of tithing, tithing at a very young age. When I mean, we've been married almost 24 years, and we've always been tithers, but we haven't always given of our first. We are learning that now. We are learning how valuable it is to trust God with the first versus when we have it left over. But we're on this journey now, giving of our first. And I know what you might be thinking, maybe I'm, 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 I'm speculating here, but you might be saying, Pastor Jason, you don't understand my financial situation. You see, we live on 99%. We live on about 98% of what comes in paycheck to paycheck. And listen, I get it. I'm with you. I hear you. 
We're this our country. We're we're kind of going through some inflation right now. We all know that. I totally understand that. But back to this first thought today: Is there anything that you are prioritizing that could be adjusted in your life, in your budget? I can tell you that ever since Rochelle and I started tracking our monthly budget, every single dollar we tell where to go. In other words, we'll, we'll, we say we're only going, we're going to give a budget for ourselves for this much for groceries and this much for eating out and this much for that. Ever since that we started telling our money where to go, felt like we got a raise. Seriously, it felt like we got a raise because we weren't, we were spending intentionally, not impulsively. You hear me today? If you will reevaluate maybe where you spend, maybe it means taking a few less trips to Starbucks. Maybe it means not eating out a couple times, you know, a couple times less than you normally do. Maybe it means cutting this out or cutting that out. I'm not telling you what you should spend your money on. That's your choice. I'm trying to tell you the principle that God is teaching us is to give of our first. And sometimes if we want to follow what the Lord is teaching us, sometimes we have to make some adjustments in our life. Amen's from that. But you're not throwing anything at me, so that's, that's that's a plus. I promise you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to bring clarity to this here in just a second. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. Talking about budgeting. Look, look what Jesus says. He's preaching one day, and He says, suppose one of you wants to build... This is not going to be on the screen. This is, this is something that I just kind of thought of last night, and I wanted to give this to you. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? Even Jesus says we should budget. You don't just spend without knowing. Things come up, understand that. But we don't just spend impulsively. Jesus is saying before you spend, isn't it a good idea to count the cost first? Budget your money, give God your first, and I pro- sit back and watch what God does in your life. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. If you give God your first. Third thought today, and we're going to talk about this whole idea of tithing. What is tithing? Third thought, tithing is the standard. I believe there's three levels of giving when we, when we, when we give to God. Number one's tithing. I think that's the standard. I really do. I believe that. I know there's other teaching on this. I believe ten, your first 10%, I believe, is that's what a tithe is. Second level is what we would call sacrificial giving. That's when Pastor Chad comes up here and says, hey, there's a need. It's going to cost us $40,000 to dig a well in Africa and build a new classroom. Folks, we did that this year. We dug a well in a village in Africa, that's the that's in Zimbabwe, where we are, are where we have a campus, and we are also able to build a classroom. We we actually have some pictures and video we're going to show you really soon because we want you guys to be able to see. Hey, I help I help do this. I help give to this. Sacrificial giving is above and beyond your tithe. Some of us are there. Some of us are not there yet. That's okay. But we tithe first, and then there's sacrificial giving. And the third level 
Not many people get there. And this, my dream is to get here. And the third thing that we do is called extravagant giving. That's when you hear of people giving cars away. Lord spoke to me, I'm supposed to give you, buy you a car. I want to get there. Not, not, for, not for me and to, to you know, fill a void in my life, a security to where I can say, I did, but I just want to be able to bless somebody. My grandpa was an extravagant giver. I've seen, I've seen, I saw him give land away that he owned because he felt like the Lord spoke to him. I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. Tithing is a standard though. It's a tenth. Tithing is the practice of setting aside the first 10% of your increase or your profit. It's introduced in the Old Testament in Genesis 14, won't be on the screen, but Abraham, who was known as Abram, provides uh, Melchizedek a tenth of all he had. He was a priest. He, a few chapters later, Jacob sets up a pillar as God's house, vows to give a tenth of all he has. Uh, years later, the Israelites enter the promised land. Uh, the priest and Levites live. That was, you could say that was their church, but they were set up differently of uh, uh, priests and and musicians, but the priest and Levites lived off a tenth of the tribes of Israel. You'll see in the Old Testament how much the Lord values the tithe, specifically in Malachi. And I want to read this to you in Malachi chapter 3. I'm wrapping up today. Malachi chapter 3 says, Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. He says, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. And he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse is where you're being fed spiritually. Where you're being fed spiritually. If Destiny Church is where you are being fed spiritually, that is your storehouse. If you're visiting today, you don't attend here, you're with a family member, your tithe does not belong here. It belongs to where you're being fed spiritually. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. God says, test me in this. I can't find anywhere else in Scripture where God says, test me. In fact, God says to not test Him. And maybe... You know, well, why, why would he contradict himself? Well, number one, he's God. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. But he says to not test me until this verse. God, there's almost a cockiness from God here. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not room enough to store it. Now, something that's debated today is tithing under the old law, or is it relevant in the New Testament? And I'll answer that by submitting this to you. Acts tells us, we read it in Acts 2, the New, church, the New Testament church sold all their possessions and they gave everything they had. How many of you like the Old Testament teaching better? I'll, I think I'll do the 10%. I think that works a little better for me. Here's what the New Testament says in Matthew 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, 
for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your, uh, your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. And Jesus says you should tithe. Yes, but don't neglect the important things. Paul points out this kind of, he kind of ties Old Testament uh, uh, giving or tithing with the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, don't you realize that those who work in the temple get their meals from the offerings brought to the temple? Those who serve at the altar get a share of the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord ordered that those who preach the good news should be supported by those or should be supported by those who benefit from it. I don't want your motive for tithing to be, well, we got to make sure our pastors eat. We got to make sure they're taken care of. God will take care of us. God will always take care of the pastors and the church. I want you to tithe so you can be blessed. That's my motive for you. I want you to tithe so that you can live in blessing. And if you haven't heard anything I've said today, and we're closing, if you haven't heard anything I said today, I want you to hear this. The first has the power to bless the rest. The first has the power to bless the rest. Bring the tithe to the storehouse where you're being fed um, and see if I won't pour, throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that you will have not enough room to contain it. Now look at verse 11, Jimmy Gallion. Jimmy always says, now make sure you read verse 11 when you talk about tithing. God says, see if I won't pour out so much blessing on you. He, then he says what he's going to do in verse 11. He says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe. Another translation says, I will rebuke the devourer. That's what God does. It doesn't always mean I tithe if I give $100, God's going to give me $1,000. That's not what God's saying. He's saying, I will rebuke the devourer. I will bless what you have given. I will give you so much blessing that you will not even be able to contain it. You see, God gave us his best, and that was Jesus. So why would we ever think of giving him our leftover? Because he gave his very best to us. So how do we do this? How do we, Jason, how, how, how do I, I hear what you're saying. I'm kind of buying into this. How do I go from operating on 98% on 99% and to be able to give 10% to where I'm fed? How do I do this? And there's two things that I would, this would be my advice to you. Um, number one, start somewhere. You know, I'm not asking you to write a check for 10%. When you, I'm not asking you to write a check and now make your budget 108% of what you give. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to start somewhere and then reevaluate your priorities. Reevaluate what you maybe spend your money on. You see, 
Psalm 24 tells us that the Lord, the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. Everything that we say we have, this is mine, it's actually God's. Everything, everything belongs to God. He's basically just put us as trustees over it. He's asking for 10% of it back. And there's a reason that in Malachi 3, it doesn't say to give your tithe, it says to bring it. You can't give something that you don't own. In other words, I can't give Doug's truck away because it's his truck and he'd be mad at me. I can't give that. God owns it. He's telling us to bring it back, not give it. Does that make sense? We don't give it. We actually bring it back because it's God's. And he will prevent, the Bible says, the pest from the fields from devouring whatever you do. I believe with all my heart, he'll protect you. He'll give you provision. He'll give you prosperity. Sometimes it comes financially. Sometimes it comes in health. There's all kinds of things that God does for us. But I hope you're able to apply these principles. Again, this is more of a teaching today. I've been pushing this. I've been pushing our executive staff for this for a long time because I believe, I've seen how God has done it in my life. I've seen how God has done it in other people's lives and I want him to do it in your life. I want him to bless you. All right, let's pray. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.